0: creative people bring creative solutions to problems period right why wouldn't we want more creative people living in our cities they make them better
1: welcome to the Shellcast, a show about music culture and memphis
2: as we live into our mission of building community through music, education, and diversity,
1: we look forward to interviewing artists and musicians and hearing about how they are writing their own stories and building
2: their own communities.
1: 85 years strong and with a rich history, the Levitt Shell has stood the test of time as a beacon of hope in the heart of Memphis.
2: podcast is brought to you by Orion Federal Credit Union, where a big part of us is being a big part of the community. Visit orionfcu.com to see how Orion is redefining banking. Welcome to the
1: show, Pat. This is episode one, and for today's episode, I spoke with Elizabeth K. Wine, founder of Music Export Memphis. We chatted about the organization's virtual pivot, COVID's impact on the Memphis music community and the music industry at large, her radio show on WYXR, and more. Now, here's our conversation with Elizabeth. Thank you for joining us, Elizabeth. I'm excited to talk with you today. I guess we'll jump right in. Just kind of for listeners who may not know a bit about you or Music Export Memphis, is it possible you could just tell us a bit about Music Export Memphis and what you all are doing? Uh, for those who might
0: be unfamiliar. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Music Export Memphis is a nonprofit export office for Memphis music. We create opportunities for Memphis musicians to get in front of global audiences. And in doing that, we know that, you know, there's impact in tourism, in talent attraction, in economic development, and of course, ultimately in making Memphis a city of choice for musicians, um, which is, is really sort of our North Star. We know that Um, when that's true. We're a city of choice for lots of talented people who want to live um, in a place that has vibrant culture. Um, and so, I founded Music Export Memphis in 2016. Uh, officially, it really sort of was an idea, a germ of an idea from about 2014. But um, we turned five this year from that 2016 birthday, so which is kind of nice. hard to believe. But yeah, so pre pre COVID, what that looks like in practice in terms of our mission is that that we produce showcases at festivals featuring Memphis musicians. We provide tour grants to artists. We provide scholarships to attend um, industry conferences. And we also have something called the Export Bank, where we are just sort of connecting artists to one-off opportunities that might exist. But it's just all about creating those opportunities for them to grow a fan base outside of our city. Awesome. I know you mentioned pre-COVID
1: kind of what you all were doing, which is all amazing. But, you know, given COVID, which I feel like you all were really one of the first ones to really make that virtual pivot. Yeah. Starting as early as, I mean, right in March with the COVID Relief Fund. How was it like really shifting and pivoting in what you all are doing, given it was so kind of heavily involved in artists touring and, and showcases?
0: In some ways, it was strange because, as you mentioned, in March of last year, we started fundraising for a COVID relief fund and pretty quickly thereafter started distributing funds. We made our first grants in April. And by the end of 2020, we had granted out more than $309,000 to more than wow. 450 individual musicians and music professionals in Memphis. Um, so, and that was happening while none of our traditional programming was happening right it's all on pause because as you noted it's all centered on live music and on sort of the experiential economy which was was and still is totally on hold so we didn't have ambassadors hitting the road we actually had some ambassadors who were in the middle of tours when things kind of started locking down and you know they had gigs being canceled and of course we were able to still you know fully fund them and, and get them home safely and everything but Everything did pause in terms of our traditional programming. But one thing that I will say that I am very thankful for in hindsight is that other than the fact that I, we were you know not able to do what we ordinarily do, the pivot was easy. And the reason it was easy is because we are an organization that was already set up and designed to grant to individuals. And there are plenty of arts organizations for whom that is not true. They don't you know, do any work granting to individuals, they pay individuals, maybe for performances or things like that. But this was something that We had internal processes for and had, you know, systems and infrastructure around. And so I realized in hindsight that we were uniquely suited to take on this role from the beginning because of that. And I'm grateful that we were set up to do it because it was very easy. You know, we're a grant making organization already. Yeah. So basically from April to like October, I spent most of my time reviewing grant applications and getting payments out the door to folks. And we actually... Are still actively fundraising for it. And if we kind of hit a certain threshold in the bank, we'll reopen applications. But it's been honestly my like honor and pleasure to be able to do that work in the last year. I truly don't know what else we would have been doing. And it was, like I said, an honor to be able to do that work for our community.
1: For sure. I guess in terms of, you know, given COVID and, you know, everything that it exposed and, What does that mean for you all, I guess, in in the future? Is it, you know, has has
0: your programming or vision changed? So I would say that our vision absolutely has not changed, right? Our mission has not changed. All still the same. We want to create those opportunities. We believe that when we elevate musicians that Memphis wins. But how we do it, we have been really thoughtful about how that can grow and evolve into the future. And because what we do is export... live music is really going to be at the centerpiece of that. Um, There's not much way around it, but we have built um, some new programs that are a little bit more pandemic proof. So a good example is the Merch Fund that we just launched. So this is a fund that provides grants to artists who are producing merch. So t-shirts, koozies, vinyl, whatever it might be. um, And they're required to spend that money with a Memphis business. In our first month of accepting applications, which was February, we are funding grants in the amount of, I think the grant total is around $4,000, but it represents more than $14,000 in gross spend to Memphis businesses. So we already know, and I've already heard from, from several of the artists that they ordinarily would have done this with like an online business. And they're bringing that business locally because wow. they can get our support. And that's exactly what we wanted to happen and it's already happening. So that's something that is not necessarily, obviously the, the idea behind it is that artists are touring and they're selling merch, right? But it can benefit an artist at any stage. They don't have to have a tour booked on the calendar to get merch, to sell merch and to kind of benefit from that merch fund. So. You know, that's an important piece. And, and I think that kind of, that's, that's kind of getting in the weeds of like how we've been thinking about our programming and and how it needs to shift. I think pulling back a little bit, something that's really been on my mind is just realizing really in the past year, The ways that what we do is a little bit radical, Um, and you know we are a unique organization. I'm not aware of another nonprofit that does what we do in the U.S. There are bits and pieces of our programming that you can find, and you can find them in state music offices and stuff like that, but. I think that our model is very unique. And what I'm realizing is that it's not just that no one else is doing it. We're unique in that we really sort of hit at this combination of, or sort of the middle of this Venn diagram of music business and music nonprofit where we're providing subsidy to working artists who are not nonprofits. They are, they are small businesses, they're entrepreneurs and we're subsidizing them in a way that brings benefit to our broader community and allows them to make a living and to do so successfully and to do so here in Memphis. But I think that that sort of hybrid approach has been, um, I realized during, during COVID is unique. And I also think that it requires a little bit of a, a change of thinking from, cert- from funders who have traditionally supported art and music in very specific ways. And, you know, or like with creative placemaking or youth engagement or whatever it might be, they're not used to supporting what they see as a for-profit industry. So I think that in terms of like how I'm really changing the way, you know, that I think or approach the work in COVID, honestly, I think that's the biggest piece is bringing that kind of, our argument feels like the wrong word, but like bringing that argument to bear in conversations with folks about like the reasons they should support our work and how we're unique.
1: For sure, which it kind of brings me to, a, to the point that you were making in your article last year called, What Do We Owe Our Musicians? And kind of the pieces that you kind of pull together in the sense of how how government interacts with music and how it's generally on a, a an event basis, which I think I mean most cities cities do um, even those who are are large well not even the larger music cities like you know Nashville or, or Austin which you know have music ingrained into kind of the whole branding behind their city. But you you, you brought up very good points. Which I think, you know, you all are actually doing the work and looking to the future and how you all can play a part and really answering that question and and shifting how others think about it, which is exciting.
0: Yeah, I think that for a very long time, when we tried to build and I'm using this like big we term for like anyone who's engaged (laughs) in, in the music nonprofit space, but We always came to the table with as many economic impact arguments as we possibly could, and those arguments are incredibly valid and important because music is an economic driver in so many cities and particularly in a city like Memphis. I mean, it drives our tourism industry. That's billions of dollars a year. It has a huge impact on our economy, right? But I think that we get so wrapped up in that, that, and I have as well over throughout the course of my career that we don't kind of stop and take a second and go, there are so many other benefits to having a working musician living in your community. You know, what is that, that single musician, part of a greater community, you know, what does that impact mean for that musician probably, um, you know, maybe teaches lessons and is impacting young people who want to learn an instrument. And is those young people are getting a social and emotional outlet through learning to play music, you know, maybe in a city like Memphis, maybe that musician actually does work at Sun Studio, or maybe they work for Backbeat Tours and, you know, they're bringing an economic impact in that way through those tourism dollars into those small businesses okay. on top of just being like contributing creative members of society. I mean, you know, I, tell, I, teach a, I teach at Rhodes College, a course, on music urbanism. And I always, the thing that I tell my students is creative people bring creative solutions to problems, period, right? Why wouldn't we want more creative people living in our cities, they make them better. Very true, very true. Yeah, I
1: love that. Creative solutions to the problem. No, I love that.
2: Want to learn more about how you can support The Levitt Shell and its mission of building community through music, education, and diversity? Head to levittshell.org. You can read up on our 85-year history, check out our schedule of live and virtual events, Visit our Shell shop to grab all the swag and find out ways you can participate in our mission, whether that's through donations, volunteering, sponsoring a show, or becoming a member of our Shell circle. Once again, levitshell.org. And
1: speaking of the community, how do you think community building has deepened in the Memphis music ecosystem, you know, over this last year, given, you know, obviously we're not able to to be have in person events, but I I I mean I personally think it's 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 strengthened. Like we've seen, you know, even through you all's fundraising how people have come together to to raise money for the relief fund and, you know, collaborative, you know, live stream events. How how else have you seen, I guess,
0: community have you seen community building deepened? Yeah, I think that in a time of crisis which we absolutely are in, you know, people are going to reach out to each other. And so I think that that has, has definitely been happening. And yeah, I think that the art we've been able to consume as kind of fans has been a really tremendous example of that. And we did, um, as you were mentioning, Music Export Memphis did a, a live stream concert series. And I know the Shell did a bunch of live stream series as well, but uh, so we did, we did a series of events from different music spaces in Memphis. So we did some from B-Side and the High Tone and um, at the Slim House and Unapologetic did one for us from the backyard at Dirty Sock Studio, which was amazing. But seeing, even watching those streams, seeing the engagement from other musicians in that and seeing the engagement from other musicians in like the promotion just the sort of reciprocal love that was existing it was really hard it's hard not to notice that and to see that and so I you know I have to believe that also that there's just a hunger for deepening those in-person connections once this is all over I mean I am hopeful that there will be There's been a creative boom. I mean, so I host a a radio show on WYXR, and one of the incredible things about the last year, and I mean, I guess I've been on the air since October, the station's been on the air since October, but... I have, I never have a problem finding brand new music to play on my show. Every single week there is brand new music and typically tracks on tracks on tracks. (laughs) Right. And so, I mean, our artists have been crazy prolific (laughs) during this time, but it's also probably a certain type of, of creativity, right? Like I'm really interested to see when, when the walls are down a little bit and people can collaborate more, like the boom that comes out of that, you know, post pandemic when people are vaccinated and they start co-writing again, like I think it's going to be, it's going to be cool. (laughs) <laughs> Same. No,
1: I, I agree. I, I think it's exciting and, and motivating to see that, you know, artists aren't letting this last year hold them down and they're, they're finding that motivation and inspiration to continue to do what, what they only can do. So, no, that's super exciting. This has been a question that has been on my brain for a while, and I'm curious, how did the name Music Export Memphis come
0: about and was it a, it may have been a no-brainer. Was it a no-brainer? Um, how did you how did you come up with the name? So I don't know about a no-brainer, but it did once it hit me, it did feel obvious for a couple of reasons. So yeah. the inspiration for our work period really came from my kind of interest in international export offices. So I, you know, back in like 2014, 2015, I was traveling to conferences and festivals and I was becoming exposed to international music and often culture export offices, whether it was Canada or the UK or France or you know wherever it was. And they're very often called music export blank, like music export Canada or music export France. Mm-hmm. And so I was sitting in a panel probably about these export offices, and they kept saying that. And I just remember typing in my little note stock, Music Export Memphis. And then I realized that, of course, it's MEM, which is our airport code. And so this whole sort of theme started swirling of travel and, you know, cultural exchange. And Kyle Taylor, who did all of our logo artwork, really took that and ran with it. And our, our logo is, there's sort of three marks that we use. One of them looks like a luggage tag. One of them is designed to look like a passport stamp, and then the other one is designed to look like uh like the airport code that prints out on like your you know your ticket when you're at the airport. So yeah, yeah cool. it's a whole theme. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's awesome. I
1: mean, it it seemed like it was kismet because everything just kind of worked out, especially you know the airport kind of abbreviation. That that's pretty spot on. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Now I, you mentioned you know, your show on WYXR, how has that experience been like in terms of, you know, playing all this music that I'm sure you listen to on a regular basis, but having like a weekly dedicated show where you're you're spotlighting Memphis creatives?
0: It's the best thing ever. I mean, first of all, to start it during, it started in October of last year, you know, we were well, like basically six months, a little more into total isolation, pandemic shutdown, And to have that opportunity every week, honestly, just for me personally, like for my mental health and to have a space to be creative and to put those mixes together and to like figure out my, my set and like create some themes and, and do all that. It's just, it was so good for like my heart and my brain and all of that personally. But the other piece of it is there's so many of these artists are never going to be played on traditional radio and they're, and they also, many of them could be, end up being very successful and still never be played on traditional radio, right? Radio is a, a weird space, but to be able to give artists that spotlight, like to see their instagram post or their twitter post where they have like taken a video of the radio in their car while their song is playing that is the best feeling ever and i hear from folks that they're getting introduced (laughs) to artists that they really like that they never knew before and that is i mean literally exactly why i love doing it and then you know like the added bonus too is to your point earlier artists that I've listened to for years and loved for years like to be able to play their music on the radio and just be by myself in the studio and I crank that volume and just jam out but that's a really fun feeling.
1: (laughs) That's super exciting and had you had any previous I guess experience
0: with radio or even DJing? I have just the teeniest, tiniest experience DJing, but <laughs> I had no experience in radio. Although I am at this point basically, I have been on. I will be on your podcast. Clearly, I will be on anyone's podcast. I have been on so many podcasts. I love being on a podcast. So if that counts as any sort of radio experience, no. And I'll, honestly, though, I was so stressed out. Like the first couple of shows that I had, they would definitely tell you, the, the staff over there, Robbie and JB and Shelby, that I was like super neurotic and freaked out that I was going to mess everything up because you know, there's just all these buttons and knobs and you're like on the radio. And if you say stuff, people right. will hear you. It's like a whole thing. Um, so it is it was stressful at first, but once I've gotten the hang of it, now I really do feel like it's like my Zen time. Like I just get in there and I'm by myself and I put the headphones on and I just listen to the music and like, it's, it's, it's awesome. that I was um, real stressed at first. That's awesome. I mean, I, I asked because I mean, you
1: sound like a natural well, thank so you. I, I was just curious, but no, that that's exciting. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. So yeah, I, I guess my, my final question is, what's on the horizon for, for you and, and Music Expert Memphis? I know you, you shared that you all just launched the merch fund. Is there any exclusives we can get in terms
0: of what's still on the horizon? yeah we have a big year planned actually we a, a, a couple things i'll mention specifically we're working it may not it truly may not happen until the very end of this year but by the end of this year we will launch um, what we're calling an our ambassador access program and the details are still coming together but the idea is that the barriers to entry would be lower than our traditional ambassador program And it would pair artists with a touring mentor and connect them to networks so that we can start to build a pipeline for artists for whom touring, I mean, listen, graduating to being a touring artist, that is a huge step. And it really almost always requires a lot of financial risk. And so we wanna figure out how to remove some of that for artists who are ready to take that step but can't take that risk. And so that's kind of the ethos behind the Ambassador Mm. Access Program. So hopefully we'll be announcing that later this year. We are also hopeful this year that we will be able to raise our grant maximums overall for the Ambassador Program so we can start giving out a little bit more money. And we wanna do that from from here on out, right? Forever. We want to we want to kind of regularly take a look at those grant maximums and, and keep bumping them up to um to keep with costs and the times and everything. And then the, the other thing I'll share is that we have two councils launching this year. One, which is already launched, which is our Artist Advisory Council, which is made up of Memphis artists and industry professionals who are really there to be that sort of, you know, centering force for our work. We, I take new programming ideas to them, they give feedback and the feedback that they provided on our merch fund, actually several things that they shared really shaped that program. So really having those folks to kind of guide us is really key. And then later this year, we'll be launching a music industry council, which is sort of more like heavy hitter folks who are based in industry hub cities around the country. Um, So New York, LA, Nashville, Miami, um, Atlanta, and those, uh, almost all the ones we're looking at right now are actually Memphis, former Memphians, Memphis expats. But the idea is that we want to build a really great network of folks who are connected to the industry and have a reason to care about and love Memphis so that we can start to You know, who knows what types of opportunities will grow from that group. I think it's probably more than I can even imagine. But that, yeah, those are, and there's so much more, but that's like the, those are like the headlines of things that we have coming up this year. (laughs) No,
1: that's, that's super exciting. You definitely do have a, a big year ahead. No, that's super exciting. Well, no, Elizabeth, I can't thank you enough for joining us and speaking with us. And I guess for those listening, if possible, share how they can connect with you and Music Export Memphis online or through, through socials um what are what are your handles and your website
0: yeah so they can find us at musicexportmemphis.org they can find us on every social platform we are music export mem m-e-m so that's twitter facebook instagram find us on those places And then you can also find me on the airwaves on WYXR from one to three on Tuesdays playing all the new Memphis music. So we're on Spotify too, same music export mem. um, And I do monthly playlists for the daily Memphian that you can find there. And we do playlists around any of our showcases, anything like that. There's just like hours and hours of music available on Spotify.
1: Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much. And yeah, we look forward to hopefully connecting more and hearing how all the the great things you all have rolled out this year um, and years to come have played out and impacted artists and musicians. So thank you. Thank you, Mackenzie. This
0: was great.
1: That's episode one of the Shellcast. Thanks again to Elizabeth K. Wine. To learn more about Music Export Memphis, visit musicexportmemphis.org. To keep our tradition of passing around the tip bucket, which started in 1936, please feel free to drop a small gift at levittshell.org slash virtual to support the Levit Shell. Thanks again, and be sure to tune in for our next episode of the Showcast.